Joseph. Is that your real name? Joseph. Yeah, I go by Joe. Um, yeah, I know. Brandon, how's it going, buddy? I mean, Brad, Bradley, how's it going? Bradley, Bradley. Bradley. Bradley, not yeah. Brandon. Don't call me fucking Brandon. <laughs> Let's go, buddy. That's <laughs> what yeah, I, I find that one just absolutely freaking hysterical, to be honest. But Culture um, war is about to ramp up in this country, dude. That leaked. Uh, yeah, it's going to get fucking ugly. Oh, well, you know, it's like. If you wanted a, a motivating issue for the progressives and Democratic constituents to get out, it's, you just throw it to them. It's a fucking you know? gift to Democrats. It's oh, a fucking yeah. gift. It is silver platter. Like, yeah, because yeah, you just change the dynamic of everything. Well, yeah, and it's not, um, and it's really not even about the abortion issue. It's about women's rights. And well, it is, but them, it also, that's what I'm saying to them. Yeah. And the foundations of those rulings were based on privacy being protected in the constitution. And what that opinion says is that it isn't protected in the constitution, which then rolls back gay marriage. That privacy isn't. Yeah. Interracial marriage and a slew of other shit um, that are based on the privacy uh, being protected in the constitution. So, so you're saying that it says no privacy is protected in the Constitution? Yeah. Their, their Alito's claim is that the, the basis for the decision, and this is the, they're called originalists, people like him and Barrett and Kavanaugh, all those pieces of shit. Um, perjury. No, I know. They're, they're the literal interpretation, like the Constitution doesn't right. grow over right. time. And it's so the Constitution doesn't say there's a right to privacy, so there is no right to privacy and I, so that is well no i think what about castle doctrine and you know there is a specific claims to privacy in the home um related to when you know the british would basically take yeah, over houses and, and live in them but you know the the castle doctrine is not just search and seizure it's everything um, but their 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 thing is it doesn't say it so it isn't there so they're saying there is no privacy in anything. There's no, well, that's nah, what that's overthrowing. That's never going to hold. Right. Well, that's what overthrowing this says. Now, the other interesting thing streaming up today is that Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Barrett all perjured themselves to the Senate because they all said settled law, can't do anything about it, won't touch it, et cetera. So now there's people saying, well, I think we have grounds for impeachment. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't think that argument holds because I don't think that'll go anywhere. But I think the first one on privacy, you know, that's a pretty interesting issue. I didn't read yep. it that way. I mean, my real, you know, my feeling on the issue, to be honest, at this point is just pass legislation. Yeah, but that's the problem. You're giving states the rights to control it with this with this. No, I mean, you this. pass federal legislation. That's the only it. thing you can do, but that's not a this is test. kind of a compromise solution that isn't really this Roe v. Wade hasn't really been a solution. It's sort of a uh, indirect uh, way at it because it doesn't specifically say anything. And I think that the easiest way to clean it up is just federal legislation. Yeah, well, um, I think that would be ideal, um, whether or not. Congress can pass anything is is another uh, uh, another issue. They'll have to overturn the filibuster. 
Dr. I think you just hinge, hinge this all on women's rights. Look, I mean, there are only uh, only reason I'm pro-choice is for women's rights. Yeah, 67% of the American public opposes overturning Roe v. Wade. 27% support it. So this is not a winning issue for Republicans. You know, no. it is in their districts, but it's not for Senate races. And it's going to it's going to kill them. It's going to, uh, you know, on one hand, I'm thankful. On the other hand, it's ugly. So anyway, yeah, it'll um, be entertaining at least. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, of the politics of it here, let me um, let me share my screen, Joe. OK. So had this interesting dynamic happening, you know, two bit idiot, uh, Ryan Selkin, CEO of Masari, which is a data analytics company for crypto, um, has been kind of leading the charge on the uh, one issue campaigns where he doesn't give a shit what anybody's viewpoints are. He's going to support them if they're pro crypto. And, Hmm. you know, I get it. I, I understand that kind of point of view. He doesn't care, Democrat, Republican, but he leans right from from what you can see of what he what he posts but um it looks like there's been some flow of cash into the midterm elections uh, elections uh via uh crypto so executives uh packs that have been set up etc uh has been flowing in so it's going to be interesting to see if it has a uh, if there's a case to make that crypto could influence the elections um because my point all along on, on the elections is you have to scare the shit out of the incumbents that oppose us or that are on the fence by showing that you can beat incumbents that are anti-crypto, which is why um, uh, I've been so into Erica Rhodes' campaign in California against the biggest enemy we have in Congress, Brad Sherman. The problem is a lot of them have been focusing on, Ryan Selkins especially, and he and I actually debated this on Twitter quite a bit. Um, he's been focusing on Senate races. And my point is you, you can't make an impact giving money to a multi-million dollar Senate race. Like you, you're just not going to have an impact. You're not going to be able to say crypto did this. What crypto should be focused on is supporting pro-crypto candidates in Republican or Democratic leaning districts where there is no doubt that whoever the nominee is, is going to be the, the congressperson. Because there you can have an impact. You can unseat incumbents. You can defeat the anti-crypto candidates that come into open races. And you can prove that you poured millions in and had PACs running campaigns against those to make an impact. But um, they've been focusing a lot on Senate races. And I, I just I think it's a mistake from a from a cash perspective. But whatever. I'm glad to see money going in. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we know all about your passion for that. Yes. Yeah, I can yes. remember a few rants back there. Yeah, oh, there's plenty more. Don't but worry. I'm surprised that you would. So what did you say to him? Um, what did, What was your recommended strategy more in the smaller races or in the yeah, go after, state races? Go after races you can actually impact. Go after congressional races where it's a safe seat, Republican or Democrat. And you can go after an incumbent that's anti-crypto. That's the, Brad Sherman's district is a great example of that. But you know, whoever wins the nomination, Republican or Democrat, is going to be the congressperson, right? The general election then doesn't matter because you can have far more impact in a primary spending wise and win a primary and then tell all of the other members of Congress, this is what we do 
to incumbents. This is what we do to people, to candidates that don't support crypto. That's the, that's the case you have to make. And then you have to show that you're flooding money into pro-crypto candidates for their, for their re-election. But primaries are where you can make an impact. Primaries, and we're, we're running out of time now, so it's irrelevant, but, but primaries where we had the shot to really show that crypto had power and could consolidate its money into races and win them. But once you get out of primary season, now you're in general election season, you know, the Republicans in safe districts, most of them are safe, are going to win. The Re Democrats in safe districts, most of them are going to win. You're not going to be able to prove to other members of Congress that you were an impact. And so that's, and that's what's key. And you're not going to get the rest of Congress to come on your side. Those that are on the border, on the fence, they don't know what to think. They haven't bothered to research it. If you don't show them fear. And if you don't show them that you give money to the people that are on your side, that's how Congress works. I mean, that's the whole game. So anyway, um, we'll see so what follow happens. the NRA model, the APAC model. Hell those yeah. Types of models. Yeah. Own those districts. That's the only way you can do it, man. It, that That's what, how politics works. It, it's shitty. You no, know, I get stuff. how politics works. Um, I just don't know. I don't like, I don't think that there's enough uh, muscle there to pull that strategy at this point. I think, you know, that fear on fear, I think that it's more about um, getting playing the strategy as game, as you said. So you have two pro crypto people in the general. So then when you come in and legislation comes up, they're already fairly educated about crypto. But I think to scare them at this point, I think that's still that's going to take 10 years. Nah, um, I don't know. You, you, knock out a, you knock out a couple of incumbents. You, you you'll there will be fear and if you throw enough cash at people you know yeah if you throw enough cash persuaded. but how do you do that with current campaign finance law you're going to say grassroots well, you, wise where everybody does 2000 yeah you do grassroots and then you do packs you do super packs you run against your opponents in those races you just destroy them you don't run on crypto you you run on their voting record you run on on you know inflammatory negative campaigning and you go after you go after the incumbents that are weakest and you have the best shot at. But hopefully in the primary, because primary is your best impact opportunity. If, if you can, if you can get through the six or seven candidates, get your candidate through that. Um, just look at what's going on with. Um, who is it that who's that North Carolina guy in the wheelchair? Madison Cawthorn. Cawthorn, yeah. Yeah, he, what's going on in that primary? That that's interesting. Um, but well, how much money this guy has raised? Well, Tillis and some of them have, but you know he's still got he's outraised everybody by like six times. Yeah, because the and, Trumpers love him. Yeah. Um, so my thing is, how do you go against? I don't know how you're going to defeat him on just say a crypto issue if you come no you don't you're not listening to me they, they it's not about you don't run any of these campaigns on crypto nobody gives a shit it, 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 nobody cares about crypto the campaign is not about crypto the campaign is about supporting the pro crypto for cawthorn unfortunately is a pro crypto candidate but so would you support it, him i uh, know uh well i don't i don't mind mm. if he wins or not because that's a redneck backwards ass district and, no, and, it's got Asheville in it, so it's got a lot of liberal votes there too. Oh, it's Appalachia. so he's not a, so he's Appalachia not a safe, is hard is is hard red, but so he's Asheville not a safe and everything district. Everything else then. is liberal. He what did he win his last race by? 
he moved he was going to move to another district and then he changed his mind and moved back to his original district so it's he's been all over the board but i think what's interesting is that he he had he's got that fundraising machine going and has i think he had raised like almost three million i think tillis had like 600 but he's down to like only a quarter million in the bank which i thought cawthorn which i thought was kind of funny um and part of it is you know, carrying loaded guns to the airport a couple of times, um, which I don't see how if I carried a loaded gun into an airport and got caught by TSA, I'd be in jail. Yeah, well, he's there twice now. Yeah. And now, look, so, I mean, he, this guy, I mean, he won. But if he's in this, did he get redistricted? Because he won. No, he was points. going he was going to switch districts. And then at the last second, he changed his mind and went back to his original one. Okay, um, so which, his last election, he won by 12 points. This is a Republican safe district, and, and you're going to have a Trumper there no matter what. So, yeah, you might as well support the guy because he's a rat. He's a crazy man. But at the end of the day, somebody crazy is going to be in that seat. And so if, if the district makeup haven't, hasn't changed, that's a safe Republican seat. So that's where you that's where you focus your effort. Now, if that was an anti-crypto person, then you run a really strong pro-crypto hardcore Trumper in that district. Right. And you run against him. But but that's what I'm saying is you concentrate your efforts on primaries where you can have an impact. You give as much money as you can grassroots to five or six campaigns in safe districts. And you go after incumbents that are anti-crypto with strong candidates. And then you also run super PAC campaigns against those incumbents in those districts. Or you pick an open seat where it's a safe Republican or safe Democratic seat. And you pick the pro-crypto candidate. You boost their campaign and you target the, the primary campaigns of the closest competitor. But that's the most way you can have an impact. But you don't run on crypto. It's not about ever running on crypto, at least not in the next... 15 years. It's about running on all the same things you run a campaign on and running a highly negative super PAC campaign against the opponents of your candidate. So, yeah, maybe. Um, I'm just trying to think how the NRA does it and you know, how they, they and APAC will pick someone that goes against them, but they don't go to all the people. They just pick one or two and they just destroy them in the primary. And that's their message to everybody else. Exactly. They don't go completely across the board. They pick anybody yeah, you know, who's gone against their positions. Everybody knows it's the NRA. Yeah, you've got to concentrate your weaponry and you or have to prove. Yeah, you have to prove. You have to be able to show we caused this race to flip. We were a majority of the money spent in this district for this campaign. And that's the reason today that a pro-crypto candidate, you know, is in the general election or wins the general. Yeah. Anyway, well, um, let's see what else. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, anyway, so uh, Ryan Selkins, two bit idiot, uh, Masari CEO, last night was flipping out on Twitter because the last thing, you know, the last thing you want, especially when you know that there's a, a lean on the right side for pro crypto candidates. Uh, the last thing you want is a big, massive cultural issue uh, overriding kind of all other issues, which this should do. This should this should galvanize massive, massive um, turnout uh, against uh, Republicans. Um, so any close races, um, this is a real boost for Democrats. 
big, big boost. So are you uh, talking back to the to the to the Borscht to the Roe v. Wade issue? Or are we talking about crypto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Roe v. Wade. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, crypto is not an crypto is not an issue anybody. No, I just lost the segue. I'm sorry. You're bouncing yeah, yeah, around. I didn't quite that. get it. Okay. Um anyway, I was talking about what Ryan's response was because he's pissed because he doesn't want a compelling issue like that motivating Democratic turnout because, you know, for the most part, Democratic incumbents, I mean, there's some that are pro-crypto, but it doesn't help crypto for that to happen. So that's why he's worried about it. Hmm. So um, so you definitely see it in the political arena that the vast majority of, say, crypto supporters are more on, say, the right libertarian side. I wouldn't say you know? vast. I wouldn't say vast majority. I think there are a ton of moderates and left crypto supporters. They're just not okay. as loud and obnoxious as the right. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think that there is in terms of candidates or, or existing elected officials, there are more there are more existing elected officials pro crypto on the right than there are on the left. You got a couple of comments in. Yeah. Pack, Chuck said, need a pack DAO that invests funds and users profits to support candidates. And you don't have to, yep. We, that, they exist, Chuck. There are several of those already out there. Um, Niblet says, so run niche issues at primary level, not a general. Um, I, my point is just the generals are much harder to win. Takes a lot more money. So you can't show your power and influence in general elections as strongly as you can in primary elections. So that's really my my point is that it, it's irrelevant the issues. The issues become about what you're beating up your opponents with and what you position yourself as in the primary. But I would not have anybody run on crypto at all. I mean, maybe in New Hampshire you could do that, but that's about it. Um Otherwise, I, I would make it all about, you know, standard campaign issues in those primaries. So, you know, in the Republican primaries, who's kissing Trump's ass more? And in the Democratic primaries, who hate Trump? Who hates Trump more? Because that's essentially what our politics has come down to. So I still um, would say that's more the Republican primary right there yeah. in a nutshell. <laughs> those fights going on in Ohio are just. Oh, uh, my God. It's hilarious. It's hysterical, man. I'm yeah. just watching yeah. that. But. But I am intrigued by how, you know, I didn't expect the Trump influence to fade this fast. I mean, well, I thought it was going to be lingering longer, but you I see still that- think he has, I think he has impact still. I think that some races though, you know, I mean, all they're doing is competing to be as most like Trump as possible. So yeah. the voters are like, well, okay, whatever. I like this guy better. Cause he's still a Trumper. I like him better. He didn't get endorsed by Donald, but fuck it. You know? And again, I think Trump has can have more impact in congressional races as well instead of Senate. I mean, House races instead of Senate. But um, can you imagine you know. the ads that are going to run this fall? I mean, oh. I mean, because look, you're missing one other big issue, which is the Russia-Ukrainian war and all sure. the pro-Putin statements that have come out of um, Republicans. Yep. If, if this dusts up into a big one and Americans are dead. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to get just destroyed on that issue, too. So, well, that requires Democrats to be smart enough to run effective campaigns. <laughs> well, and, I think that and as a, a lifelong Democrat, I never count on Democrats to get their shit together. So I think there's been good ones, but but I agree. I think that some people shoot themselves in the foot. Bill um, Clinton and Barack Obama. The only well, Bill Clinton won because Perot was in the election. Um, well, that helped, but 
20 Mayor Clinton points. put himself yeah. in the right position, right? Bill Clinton positioned himself to the right of most of the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. And and that was appealing. So no, I'm talking right. about the win on the general. Um, yeah, yeah. Perot definitely. I remember being out in Texas then on a fishing trip up on the Red River when that campaign, I guess that was probably the fall or right before the election was really going strong. And just these salt of the earth folk that I was talking to up on um, Red River, you know, they were all, I mean, just the way they talk about Trump now, it was all about Ross Perot going to D.C. and cleaning yep. the house and fixing Absolutely. it all up. So, so he hit that same vein that, that Trump hits. Um, but, you know, and he got 21 percent. But remember his presentations or his uh, uh, commercials where he would do like the PowerPoints? But yeah. I don't think it was PowerPoint. It was just, you know slides slides so was, what, what are those things what was that called those things overheads yeah. overheads overhead overhead. yeah. <laughs> yeah and um it was like but it resonated i mean everything he said was right for the most part you know in the sense of yeah. the finance and budget and all of that but it just siphoned like 20 percent off from you know i guess the more extreme left of the democratic party the more libertarian side when i say extreme not like you know social extreme and you know, the more extreme elements or populist elements of the Republican, because that's all. So when Pat Buchanan was running in a right. lot of elections, that's true. And he was pulling, you know, the big he was the big uh, the pro-life libertarian conservative um, that was pitching all of those those issues too to the populists. So it's always yeah. we've always had that strain or not strain, but that segment in our politics I uh, just how it's used. And do the people really deliver for that constituency? I would say that most politics most politicians don't deliver to that constituency yeah that it's exploited again so even though they've been screwed forever they're getting screwed by their representatives as well but anyhow speaking of exciting times if this page will load so speaking of kind of whether you run on crypto or not um this pulled up uh, i hope they, they don't have the same summary highlights um it was something like um a majority of americans believe that uh, they don't simplify the numbers like I saw in the summary. Hold on. Do, do, do. Let me go back. I'll go back to the summary and quote it for this article. Um, the majority of Americans believe that cryptocurrencies will become mainstream, but uh, there was a significant number that actually believe it will be a bad thing. Hold Can you on. scroll up just a tiny bit? Yep. I just find it funny how like Dow is number 16 and NFTs are number 14. I just oh, want to here. See what, like, yeah. One through 10. You guys rankings of the most, most promising technologies. 3D printing. Fuck? Talk about that shit for 10 years. I mean, see, gene editing should be at the fucking top because that's going to save massive lives. Just Which one's that called? Fucking, oh, gene, gene editing. editing. Yeah. yeah. Or I'd say personally, yeah, it's six. Yeah. Gene editing six. and crypto should be one and two. I don't know. Artificial organs. Yeah, I would call that more personalized medicine. A, I mean, what's AR, VR, AI? I mean, lab-grown meat, quantum, personal space travel, blockchain, metaverse, NFTs, and then I think DAOs were 16. I can't remember what 15 was. but Where the I, I'm surprised that 3D numbers? printing is first. It's so weird. It's like that's how out of touch the American public is. Although, yeah, I mean, I... I like the idea. You know what? I think it's something people can relate to. They've all seen it. They, they think it's neat. 
um, they've probably seen news stories about 3D printing houses and, you know, that kind of stuff. And they so they figure, oh, that could have a big impact. So let me go well, with that one. 3D well, printing. you know, being someone who's, you know, has to go to the dentist a lot, you know, over the last 10 years for crowns and things like that. It is kind of funny how now, I mean, not funny, haha, but amazing that, you know, they have the machine in the dentist's office now that just 3D prints out the crown right there and then, you know, you go. Oh, I didn't know hour. that. Yours has oh, that? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you just zip in. You don't. They don't have to do it all and ship it off and you come back in three weeks. You know, they can do it all right there in the office and you go out and, you know, grab a lunch Dude, or something like that and come awesome. back and they just glue it in. Um, wow. So that's a good wow. 3D printing application. That's I've also an heard awesome about example. It. In like, you know, with tissue and things, you know, for organs and other types yep. of implant stuff that you can 3D print. And then, of course, unique parts. For, They've done you know, like ears and stuff, too. I yeah. Think. I think that's all pretty cool stuff. I um, wish they could replace the meniscus that I had pulled out of my knees that's now allowing my bones to grind together. They can, dude. It's called what a they knee replace it with? A knee. Okay. <laughs> Knee replacement. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want a whole knee replacement surgery. I just want them to put a fucking pad in there so I don't have to. Okay, so a narrow majority of pe people think cryptocurrency will eventually catch on, but only 28% think it will be good for society if it does. So 72% think it will be good for society. No, only 28% only think, think it will it be good. Will. Oh. 72% either didn't have an opinion. Let's see if we can find that. Impact and government investment. Is that the they don't really most oh, a lot good of for society? Here we go. Let's see. Where's crypto? Oh, yes. 35% don't know. 37% said it'll be bad. 28% say it'll be good. So it's not as quite a dire uh piece of polling data as well, that would suggest. At least it's beaten out by lab grown meat. <laughs> and even self-driving cars is up there at the same at crypto. Yeah, that's to me, this one is, I, I don't know how anybody says self-driving cars is bad. That to me is unfathomable. And that tells you all you probably need to know about this pool of, <laughs> of polling, whoever's polling. Them, polling. Yeah. Who the, yeah, no, like, I mean, because less all, dead you know, people from driving, less traffic, less pollution. That's a bad thing. Like, I mean, they would probably been pulled and said seatbelts were bad. Exactly. You know, exactly. and it's, it's, I think everybody thinks that a transition, you know, between when there's self-driving yeah. and there's humans driving, you know, there's going to be bumps in the road at that point. You know, there are yeah. going to be issues um, yeah. because the algorithms can't always anticipate what a human's going to do until it gets to where there are no humans driving. Um, yeah. Then I think it'll be like, take a nap, you know, go to Disney World and take a nap in the car, you know, kick back, watch a movie. I mean, I guess people do that already with the Teslas. You know, they're like, because they're getting in accidents all the time watching movies and shit. Chuck thinks that everything else on the list will happen before self-driving cars. Really? That's a bold statement. That is a bold statement. Personal I, space travel. Huh? That's already happened. Brain, yeah, but I'm saying, I think what they're saying is like Jetsons type where everybody just oh, knows. Oh, okay, okay. That's what I would think because it's like you said, it's already happened. Implantable, implantable brain machine interfaces, lab-grown meat, crypto, metaverse, quantum blockchain. computing. So, fifty-nine percent think quantum computing will be good, and yes, it could be good. But I think they're skipping over the disaster that can happen when, when wow, if it does happen. Dow's up there at number five. Oh shit! 
That's a surprise. How did they explain? Want. I want to know how the fuck they explained a DAO to people. Well, because everybody probably thinks of it as a nonprofit or something like that. So there's a gateway for crypto right there. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a fucking entry point right there. Cause that yeah. is an appealing concept, I guess this idea of, you know, people run companies and um, that's, that's really interesting. So 70% are say good or not sure. Yeah. 20, 28% say bad. That's pretty awesome. Most people probably don't really realize that it is crypto. I love that lab grown meat. <laughs> lab grown meat is the the one ranked as the worst. I know. Well, who the hell wants? I mean, I get it, but I've never had it. I've never eaten lab grown meat. I but mean, why would it be bad for society? It's like, okay, yeah, you may not like it. You don't want to eat it, but but it's not bad for society. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I mean. Maybe because they feel like they'd be forced to eat it or something. Yeah. You know, usually when you get these contrary opinions, it's about individual liberty and people feeling like they're going to be forced. I'd say that's probably part of the self-driving car thing too. Yeah. That people are like, nobody's telling me I can't drive my, you know, Nova. Yeah, exactly. You know, or my muscle car or my Ferrari or whatever. Yeah. Um, Interesting stuff, dude. Yeah. A little more data on uh, that board ape. Fiasco, $180 million in gas fees. It's like. So, this is the kind of shit that makes people think NFTs are bad. Well, and it's the kind of shit where it's like you have all this money and you hire like lame ass developers to do your to do your work. I mean, that's what's pitiful about it. Like, you know, from what I've read, anybody worth anything in Solidity development would have told you this was a really stupid way to do this, you know, and now they claim they want to create their own blockchain. I, it, it feels like, you know, the marketing guys are in charge at board ape and you nobody. Just take it, yeah. Taking the 180 million money. and giving it to the marketing guys. You know, <laughs> if you're trying to justify a virtual land sale in your own blockchain, I think you could probably do that for about 1.8 million. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then you got to bonus everybody the rest. <laughs> it's, just, it's so pitiful, man. They had such a good reputation. And now at least among, you know, real enthusiasts, they're not so, uh, not so good. Not so yeah. good, but whatever. Hey, Algorand's going to uh, be the official blockchain of, of FIFA. FIFA? How do you say that soccer league? I don't know. Uh, I say FIFA. I don't know. So what I want to know is what, what are they doing a like on-chain inventory of soccer balls? I mean, what, what, what the fuck is Algorand? No, the how, mooch is throwing out the first ball, man. Yeah, how is how is a blockchain? What, what's an official blockchain of soccer? What does that mean? Maybe like an NFT deployment or something. I think know? what it means is we paid to get the designation. Well, it's up today. It's up 11% on that news. Did that news come out this recently? I think yesterday, yeah. Yeah, because I was looking at it yesterday when it was down at 53 cents, and I was trying to remember what price we'd been looking at it before. And then, you know, it's run up from 53. It went up to almost 74, and now it's backed off to 66 cents. So, you know, whatever that means, it worked. The press. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. <laughs> so you got to look at what they paid for the sponsorship and what the pop in market cap was. There you go. And what I the Delta says is how there. much. Yeah. I don't think it's so. Says that's how, how you calculate ROI. But you know, I know you're a big Algo Algorand fan. 
Me, so, I, I could be. If they hire you to do their UI UX shit, right? Well, <laughs> if they just hire a fucking marketer, you know, yeah. somebody that has a clue about messaging would be great. Just well, it's kind of you know, great. it's it's falling into that like I don't know Cardano, Stellar, Ripple category in my mind. Sort of like I don't want to say yesterday's news because that's a little too harsh, but you know, you just feel like these are all going to do a slow death because you know there's more stuff coming, you know, yeah. more stuff, you know, DeFi 3.0, 4.0, more, just more yeah. different platforms and concepts and DAOs and all this stuff. A lot of these are going to get left behind. I totally so, agree with you. You know, I don't know what the answer is, but, you know, I know that I don't own any algo. I mean, uh, I have a, well, let's see how much it's worth today. Started at about 200. Um, let's see. Because uh, I did it for shits and giggles, I wanted to give them a shot. Um, let's see what it's worth today. Do, 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 do. Oh, it's about where it was, 189 bucks. So hmm. I'm still down 11 bucks. Oh yeah. no, 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 no! That's how many I have. No, I'm down. I'm I'm at 125 dollars in value. So down uh, uh, 75 bucks off the 200 I put in. So down about 40%. Yeah, where's the staking? Where's my tokens? How does that when work? when moon? <laughs> <laughs> so we got some conflicting messages with, um, with NFTs. Hmm. So uh, this came out that uh, sale of non-fungible tokens or NFTs fell to a daily average of about 19,000 this week, a 92% decline from a peak of about 225,000 in September. But then OpenSea yeah. just set a new daily trading record of 476 million in Ethereum. What's that second headline? Bet Board Ape Yacht Club's Metaverse launch helped push OpenSea to a new one day record. Well, people are spending yeah. the money, right? right. I, and I, I don't think it's fair to say, the I think they're going to still, now. yeah, I think there's still going to be things like this that, that keep pumping it, you know? And so it's like, I, I don't know. I, every time I think NFTs are trailing off for a bit, I don't mean dying. I just mean, you know, currently slowed cycling. Um, something fucking pops and captures people's imagination and people dive in and it, it's just crazy, but it keeps happening. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. I, you know, I was in OpenSea yesterday, just kind of, I hadn't been in there in weeks just to see what oh, was I going on. I haven't been in ages. There's nothing going on, dude, in, in the stuff that <laughs> you're probably in. Um, <laughs> you know, you're looking at last sale 90 days ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and no offers are all like 0. 0.001 or something for yeah, the shit that sold yeah. the last time for half an ETH. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I remember that happening once before when NFTs were kind of dead for a while and they came back super strong. Yeah. And I don't know. I'd love to see the cycle on that vis-a-vis, uh, -vis, say, May 2021, when we kind of started sliding after that January to May run-up across the board. I'd be really curious to see if there's a correlation between, you know, we always talk about BTC having a blow-off top, and yep. then it cycles down through Ethereum and into alts and NFTs and meta and all that stuff. I'd really like to see more data on that correlation. And, and is yeah. it just that, you know, everybody nothing's really going to happen in this space until BTC has its big run. Um, right. Unless you can pick, unless you can pick winners or you get in on early stage stuff, 
right um, you know like the stuff that we try to highlight here yeah um, you know when i'm not talking about our own stuff i'm talking about other people's stuff at this point but i think that you'll get selective stuff like that. like for example you know my my favorite one um you know my the guys on i think it's on cosmos um uh sif chain or tokenist erawan <laughs> syphilis chain yeah that fucker's up on that that investments up 80 percent since holy April 15th. shit that's yeah. awesome dude so it's like i started way higher than that so it's not like i'm oh no i thought you were wheels. up i, I thought you meant it. you were up no and from the bottom in april 15th it was at like eight cents and now it's up around 16 cents so there is stuff moving i saw define moving a little bit so i mean i think you could pick stuff and win but i think you need that kind of you know, everybody's got to have flush wallets before they really start just messing around in NFTs. If you're yeah. coming from the crypto side, unless it's something you believe in. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know of that trading volume, how much of it was, you know, debit and credit card purchases oh, versus how much was you're right. you know, crypto because that's, that's what well, I'm this curious is all- about. Well, I guess it would still show up on the Ethereum blockchain because they have to mint it. So I, I guess... Yeah, you're right. That would be kind of interesting just to know, because if this volume is being driven by fiat buyers, to me, that's a really good thing Um, because that's new people coming into, not to say new people, but, you know, a lot would be new coming into NFTs and then into, you know, getting exposed to the crypto environment in general, mainly, you know, NFTs and metaverse and probably maybe the first thing they'll see is play to earn gaming that uses NFTs um, that they'll get exposed to. So, I could find see that very positive, but I just don't know if that NFT cycle is going to pick back up until everything else does. Yeah, I think it's going to be dependent on that. I think you're right, man. I, I really do. I, I I do think that it's that it's uh, absolutely that you know that it's it's going to take the whole market coming to actually see real blowing up on that. Yeah, I mean, but I don't look. You know, NFTs aren't just the collectibles, obviously. I mean, we know that, but I think a lot of people just think of it as a pretty picture or something that, wow, that's really cool looking. But, you know, there are ways that they can be used, like the El Salvadoran project with the um, real estate development, where the NFT is is the unit. And so then you could go stake that NFT somewhere and borrow against it, just like you would BTC. So that's the kind of NFT stuff that I really like is those applications within that token standard and different terms you can do like profit sharing and, you know, other things that that make in governance that makes a lot of sense. Um, But this stuff here, you know, it's, it's, it's art speculation in my mind. And, you know, I'm sitting on a lot of it, but you know, when it does come back, I mean, one of the things also just to segue real quick is that I've been looking at a lot of the stuff that, you know, somebody, a friend of mine said, don't buy any alts until they're 95 to 98% off the all-time high. And if you go look at stuff right now, and I'm talking about things, um, you know, that we've talked about a lot. Uh, you know, the, the ones like, um, these aren't quite 95%, but if you look at like Uniswap at six, right. I mean, uh, define it, I mean, Uniswap at uh, $6, SushiSwap at 238 Curves back down to like 215. Ave 145. I mean, these are all off. So significant chunks. Um, you know, right. Geist, Blizzard, Arby's, uh, Matrix. I mean, even Klima, you know, it's like way, way, way down. You know, start looking at those and acquiring. Um, 
in the sectors you think make sense. They're strong. Well, yeah. look, it's like I had a call last night with uh, Scoopy Truples, the founder of Alchemix, and we were talking about, you know, the value of that token is like at $80 million. Um, I'm still holding and I'm going to add to it because I love what's coming from them and they just launched V2. But um, that is a, to me, is a tremendously undervalued asset. Like yeah. this is a massive opportunity. Now I may wait for a little more bleed because I think there's more coming. Like if there's a big dump on Bitcoin, those are all going to get hit worse. But um, there are some absolutely fundamental plays that the kinds of projects you and I like that have tremendous potential along with the blue chips that you were just listing that there will be an up to me. That is not yeah. investment advice. I can't make those predictions. But to my mind, the way I'm thinking about it is we're, we, we, we will have all time highs again. And, Absolutely. And these are fucking deals. So, well, you know, how many cycles have we been through now? One, maybe another half, that little mini cycle before a pandemic. And then, um, and then the big cycle that we did. Well, there were actually two cycles in, I would say in 2021, there was the May to, I mean, January to April, May, and then there was October through November, yeah. you know, because remember October, November hit a lot of all time highs for everything too. It's true. So I'm going to say we've been through three cycles. Um, there's no reason for it to end now. You know, I everybody agree. is just waiting it out. So the other one I talked, I've looked at again was Phantom. You know, they had that issue over the weekend, but not related to their network or anything, just a waiting issue on one, one trader, one holder. Yep. But at yep. 79 cents, Phantom? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I first bought in that at like 95 cents and, you know, wrote it to the highs. I think I sold a lot at, you know, three ish type range or whatever. Nears back down to like $12, 11.85. That was up at 17 last week. I mean, Near is one that I look at for the next cycle. Um, I I'm still skeptical about Near. I I like them. I like the team. I like what they're building. I just I'm I'm just a little disappointed in how little traction they got yeah. last year. You know, I, well, I really felt the, like they had an opportunity and they just didn't get it. Well, remember we saw that guy pitching Near at that uh crypto conference yeah. here. Yeah. And what was he talking about? Sharding rates or something like that? Yeah, it was, it was a technical most... guy. It yeah, was a technical was guy like... talking technical shit to a bunch of NFT collectors. Yeah, it like... just made disconnected completely from everything. Totally. Totally. And then Polygon at you know Matic at a buck ten. I mean, Avalanche at 60. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think that there's, you know, I think Bitcoin has the big wick down into the 28, 25 range, is my guess now. Right. I don't know when. Um but, you know, when that happens, you're going to see some bleeding in these again. But if you're yeah. new and you're just getting going, you know, and you've got, you know, let's say whatever you got, you know, 10 grand, a grand, 100 grand. You know, if you're going to start taking positions, only go in with 25 percent of that. Yeah. And pick because if it goes down, you want to make sure you have more to add. And yeah. if it goes up, I, I know some people like to press. I don't press. If it goes up enough, I just dump and then yep. wait for it to go back down. But. You know, don't just ease your way in. If you're already holding a bunch of this and it's down, you know, you've already DCA'd once or twice. You know, I don't think I'd DCA again at this point. I would wait um, for this wick down and then maybe I'd DCA a little bit if you have the cash for it. But, you know, just kind of think along those ways and don't, you know, just don't get burnt. But, you know, my feeling is that whenever I stop thinking about this stuff, that's when it comes back. Yeah, so, I agree. You know, well, here's the coming. question. 
maybe we are at the bottom for crypto. We I mean, look, be. Alchemix is down 95%. Everything's down. All those other tokens you, yeah. I, I, my gut tells me we aren't, but, but you know, w- what if this is the bottom for crypto now? Because so many people are, I mean, we talk week after week about how much money's piling in and institutional money coming in and everything else. You know, it maybe, maybe we don't have too far to go. I have no friggin' clue, obviously, but, but it, it, it makes it when I look at a 95% dump on a project that is like Alchemix that is severely undervalued, it, it makes me wonder, you know, it's like, well, how much more can it go? Um, yeah. And obviously it can go another 95%, but I don't but know. But a lot of, but most people don't have, you know, aren't as deep in the space as say you are and understand, true. you know, what Alchemix is doing. It is. Yeah, that's true. And, that's very you know, true. I know the basics. And, you know, the fact that you can go stake crypto there, I can't remember, they're Ethereum or BTC staking? Which one is it? Which one do you deposit? Uh, uh, Ethereum and okay. now other tokens as well. Okay, cool. So you go in there, you borrow, uh, I think they got a nice 50% LTV, which I like in this model because it gives you more margin. They're not like running thin at like 85% LTV. It's at 50%, right. I believe, for most of those. Right. At least it was right. a year ago. And, you know, and then... They then yield farm that somewhere else and pay the note off the loan off for you. I mean, yeah. who doesn't like that? Of course, you yeah, know. And exactly. then if if your BTC deposits triple, you still got the trip three x on BTC, and yep. the loan that you borrowed on that. Let's say you put a million in there, you borrowed half a million. You know, you still had that half million in cash to pay for your kid's college education or buy a condo or whatever. And then exactly. you get the 3x back. But if Bitcoin goes to zero, which I'm not saying it's going to, I'm just I, you know, talking about a theoretical situation, you still got that 50% out. That's so right. you know, you have like a 50% hedge basically built in, or you've capped your downside. So to me, and at $64 or $63, I mean, I think when I was owning some of that, dude, I think it was like 800 or something like that. I was you know, buying at like six and I think it went up to like 1200 and I sold or something. It was like, it's had some nice runs and, and I don't know what's coming next. Um, but it sounds impressive. Yeah, so, totally. And, and they haven't like checked out, they haven't had any issues, nothing. So to me, oh man, I don't jinx it. I'm just team. saying that they haven't checked yeah. out. So, yeah. Um, I mean, know. look, what are we down 44% off the all time high on Bitcoin? Uh, I got the algo chart up. Can you just say it there? Um, it say no, it says chart? in last year, in one year, 34% down. But I don't know if that tracks off. Well, 68,000 to 38,000. Yeah, that's about 44%. Right? Is that the math? I'm sorry, 68 to 48? 68 to, thir- to 38. 68, yeah, 20, so 30,000 30, off of 68. Yeah, that's a good 40%. Yeah. So we're like 40% off the all-time high in November, right? Yeah, November. I, I don't know. Well, I think it's all it's not being look, this has never been driven by fundamentals. You know, all of this stuff right now, this inactivity, this crabbing, this sideways motion is all because of everybody looking at, you know, macro environment. It's all yeah. about Inflation, yeah. interest rate hikes, uh, war funding, S&P, you know, PEs. Everybody's looking at that as the the tell for if crypto is going up or down. And 
but nobody has the answer. Well, what happens if S if S and P five hundred does go down a, a decent chunk? You know, in the past that meant crypto went down, but do we know that's going to happen this time? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know either. So you might be right with all the institutional buying and holding in there that doesn't sell, and they're certainly not going to sell down. You know, they'll manipulate right. the whole friggin' market to drive it of up. Course. They sell. Of course, so, of course, of course. So, you know, you got the big boys manipulating for the little guys. And, you know, I tend to kind of like that. Yeah. So, well, you might be right. I don't know. The one year low is what? 29818. Is that right? No. Hold on. I haven't been in Binance for a while. Yeah. No, the one year low is 29. Okay, one week. And that came off a high uh, in April of 63.4. So that big dump in May, you know, that pain. Um, I don't know. Look, I, yeah, I'm looking at a low of about 28.5, something like that on yeah. July 18th last year. So a I nice mean, run we, up. Hmm? Do we really think it's going to break that? I mean, you don't think Tesla and MicroStrategy and all those guys aren't going to come and pouring and buying shitloads he, of this? Oh, at that speaking point? of which, another one of my articles. Tesla believes in the potential of digital assets, they said in an SEC filing. And sounds like they're going to go all in on payments, investing, and everything else for crypto. Do you think is that a Doge play? Tesla reported $1.26 in holdings of digital assets in its first quarter earnings report. Hmm. I wonder if they're going to, you know, because everybody always speculates on Doge. And I think he said something about Doge a few days ago. And yeah, could Doge be the payment engine for Tesla? And I don't know, man. It's like there's a lot of them out there. So, you know, maybe it could be. I don't know. What is it at 11 cents right now, Doge? No, I don't know. Hold on. I don't look. I heard some people talking up Shiba as well. And, uh, you know, I don't look at Shiba. could it get to a dollar? And I'm like, so the company's going to be worth, you know, a quadrillion dollars. I'm sorry. What is it? Doge is at 12.9 cents. Okay. So, all see. right. Well, whatever you're investing in, we don't know what we're talking about, um, but do your own research. But I wonder if we are at a, at a floor. And if you're investing, don't invest in anything that uh, Wolf of All Streets, uh, Scott Melker is in because uh, Zach XPT has uh, made sure that we all know how often Scott Melker dumps on his followers. He, he, what? this man doesn't even wait like a week to sell his fucking seed round buys. He, so he's just shilling he shit it, left and right. He know. pumps it. And then hours later, he's fucking dumping on all his followers that he told to buy it. And Zach XPT has the receipts. I love this guy. I fucking love when he calls people out, man. Tracked it all back, you know, and just, just burned him. Just burned him. And this was hilarious. So he tweeted, <clears throat> He tweeted, my old job was better than my new job. I guess he was a fucking DJ. And his wife wrote, tell that to our bank account. <laughs> so Zach finds <sighs> that, tweets that, and then his wife blocked Zach. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, that's the kind of shit that, you know, SEC types, they're uh, probably, look, they're all over this shit at this I point. I mean, he's that's not, easily provable. I, is it provable as what? I mean, what would you call think the crime is there? I mean, just because he's pumping and dumping because well, he bought the seed. I mean, he announces that he bought in the private round, right? But he does make comments like, can't wait to see what this team does. 
you know, but, but he's not saying that he's like holding for the long term. So I just yeah, wonder but that's if why it's there's great. that's why there's lockups in public stock, you know. Yeah, that's true. Post, that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, you're right. He's kind of you're right. violating that provision. I mean, I'm not saying it's law, and I'm not saying right. he's breaking any laws. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying that's the kind of thing that is going to put all his shit under a microscope. Yeah, when people are openly talking about this. Um, yeah, and that's what we try to. I mean, look, I don't, I, I, I don't really have enough to make a shitload of money off of dumping on anybody. So anything I'm talking about, I either just own it or I don't. Um, yeah. Well, he's but, doing like 25,000, $50,000 seed round buys, you know? Yeah. And, but he's still just fucking dumping on his, uh, you know, he promotes it. And like literally hours later, he's dumping, like he tracks the, the, how much this guy's dumping. So, you know, if you're a fan of, uh, uh, Wolf of all streets, uh, tread carefully. Or uh, get in his good side and let him tell you what he's buying today. Because you can count on it pumping and then uh, him dumping on you. Well, yeah. And this is a guy who, I mean, I don't know. You said he was a DJ. You know, he really I guess. Evidently, he was previously a DJ. I, I don't know his story. So this is a guy who's doing no analysis on anything. And uh, but pretends to. I yeah. think he's, uh, he's And then uh, he gets in on the seed rounds. I'd be wondering if he's even buying into the seed rounds. And so companies let him in, then he promotes it and then he sells it. Yep. So, you know, to me, that's, you know, that's, that's, you know, from an ethical standpoint, I it's, it's shitty. Yeah. Of course, of course it's shitty. There it is. The wolf of all streets, 827,000 people follow this ass. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of sec enforcement, Everybody got all all a Twitter on Twitter about the SEC doubling their staff. And then I saw what the number was. They're adding 20 more staffers. So they're uh -oh. going to have like 40 to 50 staffers. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. There's 40 people now trying to police and, the cryptocurrency market? And it's not just crypto. It's also the cybercrime unit. So, oh. so I'm like thinking about this in my head. And I'm thinking, okay, you got to have at a minimum three staff members on every investigation, maybe one starts it, but eventually you've got to have the chain analytics yeah. guy. You got to have the record searches. You got to, you know, I mean, you, you, you need more than one person on a case, right? And a couple more lawyers in there too. Of course. Yeah. So, so let's say it's 50 people on this staff and let's say they only put 20% in cybercrime, right? So now we're down to 40 people on crypto and let's divide it into teams of three, right? Or, so at most, let's say two, at most, you got 20 investigations potential at any given time. For and those investigations group. don't just run for one day. They tend to go for months. Months or years. I mean, look yeah. at them. They're, they're prosecuting people for 2017 now. Oh, they finally got around to that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the fuck? I thought they were and just going to be Twitter's like, uh... like oh, oh, they're doubling their, their, their staff and, and read the press release. It's really scary. And I'm like, what these people are so overworked and and when you add 20 new people guess what most of them haven't investigated any of this shit before because they they're all first, learning curve yeah. yeah huge learning curve it's just like look I, I want them to have enough staff to go after the people who are defrauding people and frankly you know i think the smaller staff makes it so they have to focus on those things. That's, that's really what I want. And frankly, was it yesterday we were talking about the fact that DeFi is doing their job for them anyway, <laughs> by, yeah. by Recently, all yeah. the exploits. So, you know, 
anyway, yeah. just cracks me up. Yeah, look, I, I think that, you know, there's a very weird dynamic. I'm not saying it's truth, but it's sort of like you see this thing where, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, the regulatory authorities get choked off by, you know, the Hill because, you know, how do I put this politely? But the people that have all the money don't want you don't digging want into you. their exactly. shit. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So, so, you know, it's like you see these things always underfunded and understaffed. I remember yeah. a buddy of mine at Treasury, this is like 15 years ago, when, you know, there was that, I think it still goes on, the, the big problem with, you know, all these people having foreign bank accounts and having credit cards attached to them and stashing money and then spending credit cards in the U.S., and so it was getting dragged in under the counterterrorism funding mandates post 9-11. And so I was talking and they're looking around and we were at lunch and, and I was like, oh, yeah, so just who are all these criminals? And he says, well, unfortunately, they're all doctors and lawyers and shit. <laughs> it's like, so he goes, so this job's going to end in about three weeks. Is what he told me. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, interesting. And sure enough, you never went anywhere. You know, it yeah, fizzled out. Not. They moved the funding and everybody's like, oh, I don't, you know, see no evil, basically. Yeah. And so you it know, just cracks me up how people react to this shit. Yeah. But, you know, you'll go pound somebody for a double booking and earned income child credit or something like that. Someone <laughs> who makes seven thousand a year, you know, yeah. and they put all their resources on that. So, you know, I always look at all these regu <laughs> regulatory things as like, you know, hopefully they find the bad, bad guys, you know, yeah. but. Yeah, I would just put 2017 in their rearview mirror at this point. It's too I, you would think they just write it off. But I mean, is the statute knows? of limitations up on most of that stuff? Anyhow? I don't Probably. know how that works. I have yeah. no idea. Speaking of getting no. scammed, men are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Dude, The on Tinder or Twitter or wherever else, that beautiful 20-year-old couldn't give a shit about you and is probably a man in Asia somewhere behind a computer. Stop being so fucking stupid. Just please. You know, guys getting scammed on Twitter because fake girls say they're going to send them nudes. And it's just like, what the, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Seriously. They, they, there is nobody interested in you that looks like that. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, Unless it's you, not going to happen. Know, it's not going to happen. You're done. You're done, especially dudes in the 40s and above. Stop, stop kidding fat, yourself. That bald guys, yeah, those 20 year old girls just love you. Yeah, they're they're looking for you, buddy. They're yeah, just, yeah. yeah they're, Maybe if you got like millions of dollars, can't, can't wait to hook up. Stop it's being like I remember, fucking idiots. Yeah, no, I remember being at Consensus New York uh, that conference a couple of years ago, and just how it was so packed up with all these smoking hot Russian girls <laughs> running around. And I ran to this guy. Um, in line, I'm like, it was a, um, what was the name of that company? It was a, they did an ICO in Vegas for home repair. I think it was called like Bob's Hardware or something like that. And he shows up. I saw him at the beginning in line and we were chatting. He's like, oh yeah, we just completed our ICO, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're here at the conference and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun, you know, talking about that. And so I saw him at the end and he's like, I said, how'd it go? He goes, oh great. We got some more investors and I got a girlfriend now. And <laughs> like, surprise surprise <laughs> it's like, and i'm like you know people just don't get it you know it's there so are bad people that just want to hang out with you for money but oh you know back to your tinder story it's like you know the fact that any i mean 
look, there's so much, if that's what you want, there's so much free porn out there already. You know, yeah. if you want nude pictures, just go to Pornhub. I mean, it's just everywhere. You can't escape it. You're um, not going to get any closer to these women than you will on Pornhub. So right. stay not. there. And what was that and token? That was, what was that token that was around the porn industry that was where people could use it to like, you know, for the webcam stuff? I remember an ICO of that back in 2017. I can't think it's still going around. And and the interesting thing is, oh God, it's gonna drive me nuts. But the interesting thing is they actually have I've seen a number of big people in the space quote them for some of the tech that they've released out of that project. Um, that's come out of that project. Uh, what's it called? Oh, shit. Uh, was the token porn? Was the token called porn? No, no, no. It was a weird, maybe, I don't maybe the token was called that. No, there's one called porn rocket, but that's not the one. It was for sex workers too. Um, yeah. To disintermediate the pimps and stuff like that. So you could just fund them direct. For a, I can't think of the name of it. If anybody listening knows what it is. All porn tokens on Medium. Okay, hold on. Let's see what we got. I got Vice Token, Pink no. Date, Sex. No. Wait. Oh, those are escorting ones. Bunny Token. Let me see. Live Stars or Spank no. Chain? One of those spank. two? Spank. 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 Yeah. Spank. Spank is it. Yeah. Spank is it. Voting rights and revenue stream. Yeah. Evidently, Adult. people are really impressed with the tech that's come out of that, which is interesting because uh, one of the primary reasons that the internet succeeded and took off was porn. And yeah. a lot of the tech that drove the advent of streaming videos and all the capabilities we have on that side, a lot of that came from the porn industry. So history repeats itself. Kind of like the old uh, Reagan Star Wars program. There you know, you where all this technology came spinning out of there. I, I read it. I don't even remember what it all is, but I, there's, you could Google it. I mean, just so many of these scientific fields came out of that. What, yeah. Four, four billion in funding back in 1980 ish. Yeah. Um, and that's well, what people we sometimes. A, now we have a protective dome over our country. So it's good. No, no Hopefully. missiles can hit. No missiles can hit us. Cause that was a success. Now look, yeah. I mean, people, scientists lined up and they're like, hell yeah, give me that money. Right. Yeah. And it didn't actually go into practical use in the military, but it did become practical use outside of that. Like you said, it's like telecoms, you know, fiber, yeah. lasers, yeah. all that stuff. I mean, there was yep. so many cool things. So you look at this, I find it interesting that Spank Chain has kind of had a similar effect. Sort of the Star Wars analog. Yep. Yep. Spank yep. Chain. Joe, that's all I got for the day. I got shit to yeah. do anyway. Me too. Gotta I got to go. Shows. Um, I think that's it for today, right? That's all. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, we've solved uh, we've solved the culture wars. We've uh, we've determined campaign the market floor. Strategy. We're taking care of crypto campaign strategies um, and pimped out spank chain. Pimped out spank chain and uh, <laughs> shield shield my Alchemix bag. So yeah, yeah. we're good. We're good. Life yeah, is good. No. Yeah. So um, is it at the bottom or not? I invite everybody to BTC. Yeah, everybody, everybody chime in. It. And let's put talk about credits. that tomorrow. Put, put your comments in the uh, YouTube comments or uh, on Twitter uh, under the live stream. Would love to hear what you guys think.
Thanks, man. Thank you, Joe. Everybody, thanks for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. We're glad you're here. Please like, uh, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that bell so you get alerts when the next episode comes out. Uh, To everyone that's been waiting on the last two episodes to hit the podcast feed, uh, my apologies. Um, Anchor's been having a bit of an upload issue since last night, so hopefully that'll be resolved shortly. But I am behind, so but it's more fun to blame somebody else. So it's all anchors fault. Uh, Everybody have a great afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow. Joe, have a lovely afternoon. Cheers, buddy. Bye everyone. See you, bud.